Hey gals, welcome back to Working Gals Guide. If you're new here, thank you for tuning in. We definitely appreciate it. Today's guest is Stephanie O'Quigley, who is a marketing and PR manager who's worked in everything from beauty and health, and she's only in her 20s, and she's really done so much for herself in these past few years. So when she was 21, she became a marketing manager for a beauty company, which is, I don't know about you, but I don't know many 21-year-olds who are marketing managers. So Stephanie actually shares that entire story, how she got the job at the company, how she actually became promoted to marketing manager, and how she really faced the challenges of becoming a marketing manager so young. So the other part of Stephanie's story that I absolutely really, really love is that she moved from Ireland to New York City. So moving countries is very difficult, let alone moving entire continents. So I know this must have been a very difficult challenge, and maybe some of you listening have faced something similar, whether it has been moving countries, whether it has been just even moving states or provinces if you're in BC, but it's never easy to leave family and friends and really the area you grew up in. So what I really love about Stephanie is that she took this challenge of moving She did it on her own initiative, she did it solo, and she made the move, and she really thrived in New York City. So I love how she talks about it, I love the reason why she moved, and really just listen to today's podcast, and she will give you all the details on the move and how she actually made it work for herself. Stephanie also has a podcast called The Wall. I love this podcast, I really hope you do have time to check it out. Uh, It's all going to be linked in the show notes, by the way, down below. It's a great, great podcast and something I do listen to. Actually, when I did find it, I binged it all at once. So I hope you do the same. The other thing about Stephanie is that she does have an award-winning blog, which she started in 2012. It has to do everything with beauty and fashion and lifestyle. It's really a great blog and something I do check every so often. I would definitely recommend going and checking it out, whether you're just looking to learn more about Stephanie, hear more about her journey, because she talks about work on there as well, but also because she has some great tips about traveling and even just some personal stories about quarantine and things like that as well. All right, so without further ado, here's today's wonderful episode with Stephanie. Hi, gals. Welcome back. Thanks for joining another episode of Working Gals Guide. Today's guest is someone super cool. I am so excited to be actually talking to her on the phone versus just over Instagram. Our guest today is Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how's it going? Hi, delighted to be here. I am so excited for you to be here. You don't even understand. I love your podcast and I love your Instagram. So I am just pumped to hear all about your career. Oh, awesome. I can't wait. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. All right. So as our listeners know, we always do some icebreakers before we hop into the actual intro and your career. So are you ready for these silly icebreaker questions? Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, I hope they're not too silly, Um, but here we go. So the first one is, if I gave you $500 and told you you could spend it at any store, what store would you go to and what would you buy? I would probably go to Zara and buy a pair of winter boots. Oh my gosh, I love. So I love Zara so much. I, like I told you before, like before we started recording, I live in Vancouver, British Columbia in in Canada. And so when I was working in the office right now, we're working from home. um, But when I was in the office, I used to walk to Zara, which wasn't too far from my actual workplace. 
And I would go there like once a week just to kind of window shop and go in and check out everything. And it's literally my favorite place to shop. It is so amazing. I love everything they have and I'm so obsessed. Yeah, I think the pieces there are also good quality. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of a lot of staple neutral stuff that you can definitely like mix up um, with other accessories. So yeah, it's, it's a beautiful store. Yeah, it is. And actually, so quick question. So I've been to Europe once and we did, you know, a family trip there and kind of traveled around and we, we did stop in Zara at one point. Um, and that was, I believe, in Italy or France. But anyways, so my question for you, because you've lived in New York and you've also lived um, in Europe. So do you see a difference in terms of what they're carrying in those two different locations? Because I sure did. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I kind of love the European pieces better. Yeah, so there is a lot of difference, um, especially because like um, Pull&Bear, Bear, H and M, Bershka, those kind of stores are all spa- like they get the stuff in from spa- from Spain, so it's closer to Europe. So you're getting different orders in, and you're also getting it at a, at a cheaper price. So if you are heading to Europe and you're thinking of shopping, it's definitely worth it because you're getting unique pieces that are isn't available in the US um, and also for a cheaper price because sometimes my friends at home might post something you know oh I got this in Zara or you might see something you know on social media somebody's wearing something from Zara or whatever and it's just it's not available over here they just have a different full mm-hmm. of of uh, inventory so yeah that's definitely true yeah for sure awesome okay so I love your first answer um so second question if you could live anywhere for a year other than Ireland or New York where would you live um, probably Los Angeles, maybe. Oh, cool. <laughs> I'm like anywhere that I can keep hustling. <laughs> yes, that's I love that. I love that you want to hustle. That's honestly, it makes you such a girl boss. And that's probably why you're doing so well today. But that's a really cool answer. Have you been to LA before? I have. Um, and it's actually only ever been on work trips. So anytime mm-hmm. I've been in LA, I've been working. But um. I mean, if 2020 didn't turn out as it did, I think I would have made um, a West Coast trip. But um, yeah, I, I love it there. I mean, it's not my definitely not my first choice, but if I had to leave New York, I probably would go there and and uh, enjoy the the sunshine. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I've only I've been to LA, um, but I guess opposite to you, I've only been for vacation type uh, trips and never for work. Um, but you know, it's a great place and also a place full of people ready to pursue their careers and get after it. So yeah, I definitely understand that choice. And it's so beautiful and sunny. So can't complain about that one either. Yeah, you never know who you're going to meet there in LA. So Oh, that's so true. Thing. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thanks for answering the silly icebreakers. Um, but yeah, let's hop into you because I really do feel like you have really just an amazing uh, story behind you in terms of your career and everything you've done. So before we do get into it, if you don't mind just giving everyone a quick intro about yourself, who you are, where you're from, the whole gambit. All righty. Um, so my name is Stephanie O'Quigley, which you probably know by now. Um, and I was born in Dublin um, and I lived in, I was born and raised in Dublin, lived there for um, 24 years until I moved over here um, to New York City and which was always a dream of mine. Um, and when I was fresh out of college, I was probably maybe two or three days out of college 
Um, I started working for a self-tanning brand called Coco Brand Tan, which was a startup brand at the time, but it ended up blowing up into this crazy, huge, fast-selling brand. And we became the best-selling fake tan in the world. Um, and I was marketing manager there by, by the time I was 21. Um, and that was all before I moved here. So um, that was a crazy roller coaster. And um, I just always had it in the back of my head that I wanted to move to the States and specifically New York. Um, and having had that um, experience in beauty for four years, that kind of a very fast paced and kind of high level experience in beauty. And when I came over to New York, obviously, it was a natural thing for me to go to stay in beauty. Um, and it's something that as a woman, I enjoy and rewarding. Um, so I became a beauty publicist over here in the city for um, about 20, 24 beauty brands. And um, yeah, I've been here ever since. Awesome. Well, that is honestly such a cool story. I love that intro, but there is so much to unpack and I cannot wait to get to it. So <laughs> yeah. let's start off with the fact that, you know, you went and studied advertising, PR, etc. So where did that passion come from? Or was it almost like something that you decided right when you're about to go to college or all your life, you were like, I want to go into advertising. I want to go into PR, etc. Um, I think for me, my most kind of mem- my biggest memory around that kind of um line of work i suppose would have probably probably be beauty our brands in general always attracted to brands always kind of noticing the way things were placed or noticing that the Abercrombie and Fitch store had you know the the perfume in there and that there was you know why was there dark lights why was it hard to find everything in there mm-hmm. um you know, and diff- different things about different brands and how they made me feel. And I, as a customer, bought into all of that. So I wanted, you know, I wanted the uh, Abercrombie & Fitch hoodie. I wanted Victoria's Secret stuff and anything that was had a label on it, like I was attracted to it. So from a PR perspective, you know, they've and a branding perspective, they've always kind of, these things lure us in and, and, and uh, hit on our psychological needs, maybe mm-hmm. conscious or subconscious. Um, so I was always just fascinated by that kind of um, part of the consumer experience. Um, and then, it was, you know, you're thinking about there's so much different verticals to marketing um, as an umbrella term. Um, so I went and I studied um, advertising and marketing communications, which kind of gave me a broad insight into TV production, radio production, event management, public relations. Um, and loads of kind of different things like that. So it kind of gave me an insight into all the different fields that I could possibly pursue. Um, but for me, I think PR was just a little bit more of a natural um, a natural pursuit. Right. That definitely makes sense. And um, yeah, I mean, even kind of going back to what you said right when I first asked the question, like about Amber Carmi, that's also something that I wondered too. It's like, why is it so dark in there? Why is it like, smelling a certain way and all of that but it's really interesting how you actually looked at it a little bit deeper because I think most people kind of noticed it but didn't really dive into why but you took it one step further and you're like this is really interesting I wonder why it's actually like this so yeah that's super cool so you moved to New York which is a big move and I mean talk us through that so why did you want to move was it always just a fascination with New York and the hustle there and the the career driven people or was it because, um, you know, of work that you had to move? 
and um, it was more the fascination with the place. Um, it was definitely a little bit of a dream and I was in La La Land and all that fun stuff and I was really only 24 at the time so um, a, a little bit of a different stage of my, lo- of my life um, to what I am now but I think it was attracted to the hustle and um, not to get too technical but it's very difficult to get um, for an Irish person to get a visa to work in the US versus maybe Canada or Australia it's a little bit easier for Canada and Australia um, and so, you know, I was getting rejections after rejections after rejections. And I mm-hmm. was like, people were saying, just move to Canada. Um, you know, Australia is easier. You can set up a career there, set up a life there. And they're all great places to be. But for me, I just had my heart set on New York. Um, and even though I had no prospects, knew nobody, absolutely nobody, um, I just thought, well, if I can, if there's any place that you can make it and kind of, work and learn from people it's definitely New York City you know yeah for sure and so you move and you know it all gets sorted out so you get there and then how soon do you start working for that first job that you had in marketing and so so it again don't want to get too technical but um, the visa requires um, a job to move over so um, maybe for anyone listening to this, I'm, I was on a, a J1 trainee visa, which gave me 18 months in the country. And of course, at that time, I thought that was loads of time, 18 months, mm-hmm. of, you know, a lifetime. Um, but it obviously really isn't. Um, but that kind of got me my foot in the door. And I knew that if I, if I got a job to sign off on that visa, it would be an opportunity I just couldn't, um, you know, resist. Um, so I moved over here and I started working for um, an agency called Pierce Matty uh, Public Relations. And that was uh, all beauty brands um, specializing in skin and hair care um, specifically. Um, so I started working for them straight away and that kind of secured the visa. So the, the visa and the job go together um, from that situation. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I got my first foot in the door. Ah, interesting. That's so cool. And okay, so you move. And I know this is probably a topic that maybe a lot of people have questions about. So you actually moved, you know, continents, like you moved a far, far away from your home. So was there any, um, I would say, kind of nervousness around it, anxiety, whether it came from you or your family and your friends that you're leaving behind? Or was it like, okay, this is what I want to do. I've always wanted to do it. I am just so excited. There is no nerves and I'm just ready to hit the ground running. Um, I think, I, I think again, I was a little bit younger. Like I'm just to give you an idea, I'm 29 now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a little bit younger then. So I think I was, I think I was enamored by the idea of actually securing a visa and, you know, starting a career in New York and, um, that was having that in my back pocket was such a huge achievement. So I was mm-hmm. like, you know, let's, let's go like, you know, nothing else to worry about. And I think it was only until my feet hit the ground here that I was like, wow, I have nowhere to live. I, I mm-hmm. don't know anybody. I have a suitcase and I'm standing at JFK, like waiting for a car to come pick me up um, to bring me where, I don't know. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. all these things that are coming into your head. Um, so that was kind of the first initial like thought process, but I think looking back on it now, because, um, and this is just my personality, I suppose, I just, I'm so independent and I don't really lean on a lot of people. I always had a lot of friends, but I never Mm -hmm. had any kind of serious 
you know, like attachment to anybody or I just mm-hmm. was uh, like plodding along on my own and always interested in my own stuff and, and things like that. So I think that served me well moving here and just to kind of give me um, a, a kind of, you have to be able to be on your own, you know, when you move to, to another continent because you're realistically going to be on your own for long periods of time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that goes for, you know, goes for anybody. Um, so I think that and then paired with the, you know, my parents are great support system in Ireland and I suppose in the back of my head just being that young I always knew look if it doesn't work out I'll just get a return flight back and mm-hmm. you know you won't know until you try kind of attitude and I went back and forth with my parents and when I got approved for the initial visa at the beginning you know my my mom and my parents didn't obviously want me to go it was a tough time to say look I'm moving to another continent but I remember specifically my mother sitting at the kitchen table and you know we're going back and forth about what if this what if that and she just said it just realistically comes down to you have to try it you won't know until you try it and that was it that was the only decision I needed to make you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And um, no, it, it's very important to have that, I would say, support system. And it seems like your parents were very helpful in that, which is really nice. And do you have siblings or are you an only child? I have two brothers. Yeah, okay. one younger, one older. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So kind of when you were talking about being so independent, I was like, kind of wondering, I'm like, oh, maybe she's an only child. And like, you know, like, I think only children seem to be more independent. Uh just you know a random observation of mine but interesting that you actually do have siblings um but yeah that's super cool so you get to New York I can understand I was you know kind of picturing what you were saying um like in my head as you were speaking like standing alone at JFK waiting for the car um but yeah so you do end up of course you know starting your career in New York despite getting there and maybe having uh you know some nervousness around what's going to happen next Um, So yeah, talk me through Coco Brown Tan, because that seems like an interesting story right there. And I know you alluded to it in your introduction where you started at the company, it was a bit smaller, but it really blew up in the couple of years that you were there. And you actually progressed um, from your initial position to being a manager within a couple of years. Is that correct? Yeah, it was, I think it was in the, within the first year. Oh, crazy. Um, Okay. So I, yeah, so the part of the piece I, I should have mentioned at the beginning um, was that I started to blog in 2012, back when blogging was, you know, very popular and it was growing. Um, and I was still in college at that stage. So I, you know, I was still wondering, you know, why don't I not start a blog and talk about beauty mm-hmm. products? And um, I think that was my first kind of step outside of, oh, like I'm not not specifically going to work a regular job. I'm always going, my mind was too you know, it was, I was thinking of too many things to say, oh, I want to go and be, you know, a TV producer. Like I just didn't, I, I want to have my fingers in a lot of different pies. Um, so when I, when I launched the blog, we were talking, I was reviewing beauty products on there and um, eventually brands started to send me some beauty products to try. And this was way before like um, social media was a thing or like people even got paid for it. It was just, that was the initial um kind of interactions that we had back then and um one of the brands that had sent me product to try was Coco Brown Tan um and she just said hey will you you know will you try this product and I was like oh you're going to give it to me for free mm-hmm. you know happy to try it so I gave it obviously a raving review um and um 
then after she sent me the second product, she said, hey, do you want to come to a launch and um, sit down and I'll tell you about my second product? Um, and I did. And when I was at the launch, I just mentioned I was in my final year exams and I was, you know, studying marketing, marketing and advertising communications. Um, and she and she reached out to me after and she said, hey, you know, we're looking for an intern. <laughs> um, yeah. Can you start? on Thursday and this is probably like Tuesday and I said hey I said I have a few um exams to get through remember those final year exams I told you about mm-hmm. <laughs> and she said okay when are you finish and I said I'm finished on Friday I'm finished on Thursday and she goes okay can you come in Friday morning <laughs> and that was it I said yep my mo- I didn't even have a car my mother drove me up um and it was started in our house initially um and I got there and she said here's a credit card go and buy a laptop um and I did that and I came back and we just started from scratch with the laptop on on my lap (laughs) oh my gosh wow that's so crazy how you started when it was just such a tiny little baby company and it grew so much when you were there and wow that's actually very interesting because it gives you also unique perspective into how a company is built and how it grows and you learn a lot when there isn't any process in place and you were part of that I guess you know, core group that's actually building out process. So that is really incredible. But talk me through what it was like to actually become a manager so young, because you were, you know, fairly young at that point. And it must have been a very surreal experience to be promoted to manager. So how did that really happen? And, you know, were you nervous at all? And how did you accept the challenge of becoming a manager? Um, I think, you know, I was that was it was over a course of three years. So I was, you know, 19, 20, 21 going in there. Um, and I think because it happened so soon out of college, you know, literally the next day and I was so young and so, and I mean this in a positive way, but easily influenced. Um, I was, I was so wrapped up in the job, the brand, the company, you know, the opportunity. And I think because I, gave it my heart and my soul for you know a year and a half and by the time I was manager it was like so natural to me because I'd been there from the beginning you know um and it felt so such a part of me um the brand growing it and everything else so it was almost you know something that I had helped grow when I was just so deep in it all that I it kind of came very natural to me at such Mm -hmm. a young age um and that was kind of paired with a lot of my my boss at the time, the CEO of the company, who found, the woman who founded it, Marissa Carter, you know, she put a lot of trust in me. Um, and she kind of, I think she just threw me in the deep end and, and knew that I would try and swim at least at the very least. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, so it's, it's, I don't like to say lucky at all, but that's a great opportunity. It's a great situation to be in. Um, but I would have, would like to think that I, you know, helped build that trust with her and that she can said, oh yeah, I know what Stephanie is about or what she can do you know um and that she's willing to give this um her all so mm-hmm. you know you have to it's a, it was a risk definitely yeah for <laughs> sure for sure and I, I mean kind of building on this too um like was this something that you approached her and you said hey I know we're growing I think I'd be fantastic in this new ne- next step or like a marketing manager position or did she approach you and ask you and kind of surprise you with the entire uh role change I think at the time she approached me, yeah, you know, she said, we're growing, we need to get people on board. Um, And 
you know, you base, you need to step up to the plate and to get people to come in and, and work. And I think at that point as well, being the CEO, but also being the face of the brand, you know, being very forward facing in the media, it was a lot of responsibility on her place. Um, and she kind of needed to lean on me a lot mm-hmm. at that time, just because there was a lot of, you know, the, when it gets, when it grows so fast, there's a lot of messy day to day that um, can be overwhelming to deal with. Um, and her role in the company day to day was very important, but also as the face of the brand was very important at the time. So we just needed to protect that. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that I was deserving of the role at the time or that I was some sort of miraculous, you know, um, marketing professional, but she definitely put a lot of trust in me. And, um, you know, I, I kind of, mm-hmm. I swam, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, from the way that I've seen kind of, you know, from this, you know, I, I don't even know what I want to call my view, but kind of someone who's like an outsider, like kind of following your journey through your podcast and your blog and your Instagram, I feel like you have like the quality, like you mentioned of hustle and you're able to just get things done. And that is really something I think that's important in any manager role. So, and you also seem very personable. So that's very important, but I feel like she probably saw all these qualities in you. And I think you probably were very deserving of the role and it's super cool that you got that experience so young. So that's very interesting. And I think like you said, and I mean, this is a good lesson for anyone listening. If an opportunity presents itself to you, even if you don't feel like, you know, maybe you're at that level or it's really something that's a big step it's still super important to take that big step because you will learn as you go along. And yeah, sometimes, you know, it's going to be challenging. There's going to be some uncertainty when things are happening, but honestly, everyone learns on the job. And I think this is no different where, you know, as soon as you are thrown into the water, you will learn how to swim. And, you know, it's lucky, you know, for some people, because they have this amazing group of, I would say, coworkers around them. And like you were mentioning your amazing CEO who is there to help support and give advice and mentor you as well. So it all worked out, which is just really fantastic. And again, gave you great experience at such a young age. Yeah, absolutely. It's a combination of a couple of things, but I think if you put your heart into something that definitely Mm -hmm. gives you a good advantage. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, Okay. So I also want to talk about what you're you know, what you're doing now, I know you just wrapped up a position that you currently had, but talk us through that role. What were you doing? And, you know, how did you get that role as well? Yeah, so um, the role I had was a senior press strategist or senior beauty publicist, which I kind of like to simplify it as. Um, so that was within an agency. And we again, we specialized in um, hair and skincare. Um, but I think just my experience in beauty in Ireland with Coco Brown, you know, I was a marketing manager, but that was in Ireland. And, you know, when you come to the States, the competition is so much higher and the levels are all different and roles are all different. So you have to, you you have to take a few steps down the scale. Um, it's not you, working in Ireland versus working over here in the U S it's just not apples to apples. So I was just, totally delighted to get into beauty and to get my foot into the into the beauty space over here um and you know we'll always be grateful for that and I suppose the the brands that we were working with at the time you know lured me in as well so um yeah I think it was it was I knew once I got in my foot in the door in beauty I knew that it was going to be um 
that was a, a, a good move for me to make. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, and how long were you at that company or in doing that role? Yeah, so um, I was there for three and a half years. Um, and I actually just finished yesterday. So mm-hmm. it feels very weird to say that. <laughs> yeah, congratulations on that, by the way. Um, and if you don't mind getting into it, what prompted, like, what do you, what's your next step? So what are you chasing after now, um, now that you're, you've just left that role? Yeah. So I, again, I'm, I'm still super passionate about brands mm. um, and what works and what doesn't. And I think working with, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 brands over the last three and a half years and just seeing different strategies, different budgets, different capabilities, um, so many different product offerings. I mean, skincare is just overwhelming at this point. Um, and, and so is hair care, the innovations and and things like that are just insane. You know, you, you, you don't know whether you need lactic acid, like chorelic acid or hyaluronic acid. It's just mm-hmm. insane, you know, all these crazy things that have become so popular. Um, so kind of being so deep in that world, um, it's kind of led me to really appreciate certain qualities about a brand that I believe have worked or, you know, will work for a brand and what doesn't work. Um, so I've taken, um, my next role is, um, PR manager for a brand called Spotlight Oral Care. Um, and by the time this podcast come out, I'll be working in that role. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think what drove me to that is um, to be able to fall in love with the process again. Um, I think when I left Coco Brown, I left that kind of part of, you know, working day to day on something um, and kind of following it through as opposed to doing client services. Although there's Mm -hmm. absolutely so much to learn from both ends to do client services NPR and to do in-house NPR mm-hmm. um, but I think my heart was was in that kind of process the nitty-gritty the pull up your sleeves and get it done um, and just kind of following it through and, and making something of a brand um, and having that opportunity so with Spotlight Oral Care um, they recently just launched into the U.S. they're a big big brand in Ireland um, and lovely friends of mine as well um, and they launched into the U.S. so it's kind of I'm almost back at that starting point, you know, when I was in Coco Brown, like I, she emailed me today and, and I said, you know, will I buy a laptop? And she said, yeah, buy a laptop, you know? <laughs> so I was That's like, so Oh funny. my God, I'm back here again, you know, but I think I've craved that for so long and um, I'm excited to work with them um, dentists and people who are experts in the field and work with oral care that, you know, is good for your, is good for your, um, your mouth and good for your health. Um, and also good for the environment. So it just kind of ticks a lot of boxes for me. And yeah, for sure. I got you on that one. Um, and yeah, it's kind of nice how it's almost full circle. Um, yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. Okay. So I really appreciate you coming on today. It's been fantastic. Um, for anyone listening, like I mentioned in the intro, Stephanie has her amazing podcast and also blog and please go check both out. On her blog, by the way, she has some great information around her career. She has some great tips around that too, some personal um, kind of entries as well that are fascinating to read. And alongside all of that, some reviews of some beauty products, which I think is super helpful. Oh, and the last thing too, that's very helpful is for any of those listeners who are traveling to New York or live in New York, uh, Stephanie actually has some great info in there about, you know, some travel tips and kind of just her experience in New York as well, which I think is fascinating to read, even if you aren't from that area. 
All right. So Stephanie, if you don't mind, just tell everyone where they can find you on social media and uh, where your podcast is hosted. And uh, lastly, your blog URL. Yes. Well, thank you for all those kind words. Um, so my Instagram is just my name. So it's at Stephanie O'Quigley. And my website is also my name. So it's stephanieoquigley.com. And my podcast is called The Wall by Stephanie O'Quigley. Um, that will help pull it up if you're searching if you put in my name because it's quite specific. And it's available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, it's available everywhere. Awesome. Thank you so much. And if anyone did not catch that, of course, it's in the show notes. So go look there. All right. So thanks, gals, for tuning in. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe if you enjoyed today's episode. And uh, if you don't follow us on Instagram yet, go follow at Working Gals Guide. All right, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on. That was super fascinating to hear about uh, your career progression and, you know, just to hear how well you've done. It's awesome. Thank you so much for all your kind words. um, And it's been a pleasure.